Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded January 24th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we run through early takeaways from 4Q reporting season, a few new thoughts on the growth value rotation, and an update on sentiment. Four big things you need to know. First, performance has been poor, with 63% of S&P 500 companies falling significantly post-results, and companies missing on revenues getting hit the hardest. Second, our transcript review suggests that labor is emerging as the new hottest topic, and that Omicron disruption may have been greater than anticipated. Third, our valuation work suggests progress has been made on the growth rotation, but it's still got room to go. And fourth, retail investor sentiment is close to pandemic lows, which is actually a positive for stocks on a 12-month basis. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major platforms. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one. It's obviously been a very bad start to reporting season if you just look at performance. Most companies are still actually beating consensus forecasts. That stat is tracking at 77% for earnings and 80% for sales. Additionally, the bottom-up sell-side consensus earnings forecast for the S&P 500 is still tracking at 224 for 8% annual growth. However, 63% of S&P 500 companies have fallen 1% or more in the one-day trading session post-results. Companies missing on revenues are getting hit the hardest, down about 4% on average, while those missing on earnings are down less than 3%. Both of these stats are much worse than what we've seen in recent quarters. One thing we're keeping a close eye on right now is how 1Q and 2Q forecasts evolve in terms of the anticipated growth rate. Right now, bottom-up consensus for S&P 500 EPS is tracking at 6% for 1Q and 5% for 2Q. That's not a lot of room for error, and the possibility of an earnings recession remains a risk worth monitoring. Takeaway number two. Our transcript review suggests that labor is emerging as the new hottest topic, and that Omicron disruption may have been greater than anticipated. As has become our custom, we've read through most of the transcripts of companies that have reported so far. Demand in the overall macro feels like less of a focal point compared to recent reporting season, which in and of itself speaks volumes. Most of the commentary we've seen, however, has still tilted positive, with the road and rail names in particular highlighting a strong underlying demand environment, and banks talking about healthy pipelines and consumers still flush with cash. Short-term disruption from Omicron has also been in focus within the demand discussion. On the negative side, several companies have noted that the disruption seen in December has continued into January and is expected to continue well into 1Q. On the positive side, though, several airlines emphasize that they expect a very quick recovery. The tone around margins, which has decoupled from actual margin trends in recent years, has seemed more negative to us, with commodities, freight, mix, compensation, and marketing expense all called out in addition to inflation, labor, and supply chains. We also feel like we've spent far more time reading about labor and compensation challenges than supply chains so far, suggesting to us that the former may end up replacing the latter as a dominant topic of conversation in coming weeks. Several companies have alluded to the idea of companies rebuilding inventories to get ahead of challenges, We think that's interesting because it's something investors have been asking us about recently. And on COVID and Omicron, the discussion has been a bit more in focus than we've been expecting, with several companies noting that the disruption to their workforce 
has been greater than anticipated or past waves. Takeaway number three, our valuation work suggests that progress has been made on the growth rotation, but that it's still got room to go. Long-term earnings growth expectations for growth companies relative to value companies have come in sharply. This is important because the relative performance and relative PE multiple between growth and value typically tracks that differential in long-term earnings growth forecasts. The drop in the relative PE for growth versus value has been commensurate with the drop in relative long-term earnings growth expectations, but the latter is still well above past lows and may have more room to fall. Another value indica valuation indicator we're tracking that's looking a little more interesting for the growth trade right now is the PE of the most expensive stocks in the Russell 1000 relative to the cheapest stocks. The most expensive names have been heavily weighted to tech and secular growth and tend to underperform the cheapest stocks when rates rise. That relative multiple has made a lot of progress to pre-pandemic levels, but still remains 14% above them. Something else that keeps us concerned about further unwind in the growth trade right now is that NASDAQ futures positioning among asset managers in the CFTC data has come down a little bit, but still looks pretty elevated. It's hard to say the froth is out there. Wrapping up with takeaway number four, putting all of this into broader context, retail investor sentiment is close to pandemic lows, a positive for the stock market on a 12-month forward view. Net bullishness on the AAII survey fell to minus 25.7% last week, and that's actually pretty close to pandemic lows of minus 29%. This was mostly about the bulls, which are now at the low end of their historical range, being in retreat last week. Bears have moved up, but are not at past peaks yet. On a four-week average, this indicator is at minus 8%, close to our minus 10% contrarian buy threshold. Below the minus 10% threshold on net bullishness, the S&P 500 has been up 15% on average over the next 12 months, 86% of the time. Back in 2020, retail investor sentiment remained below the minus 10% four-week net bullishness average, that threshold for 12 weeks. But it first got there in mid-March, right around when the market bottomed. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. And be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, with thoughts on specific sectors from RBC's team of equity analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.